Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Robots Radio presents... You're listening to the Dungeons & Dragons Lorecast, the best way for everyone from experienced dungeon masters to those curious about D&D to learn more about the worlds, creatures, and lore of Dungeons & Dragons. Hello, everyone. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Dungeons and Dragons Lorecast. My name is Sergio. I am uh, not by myself, but I am critless for right now. He is off in some dark corner of the dungeon that I haven't quite found him yet. I, I had I told him that it was it was time to do our weekly missive to the general public in this form of a podcast to let everyone know about what's going on in the D&D world. Uh, but I can't find them. But I did find my two good friends, Lupus and Maverick, a couple of our patrons. They're joining me for our monthly patron episode. Uh, Lupus, say hello. Hello, Lupus. Oh, sorry. Wait. Hello. Got, got a comedian over here. And Maverick, say hello. 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 This is going to be a, it's going to be a fun episode. Um, with uh, we're actually recording this a little bit early because. Normally, the day that uh, we record this on Thursdays, and this Thursday is actually Thanksgiving, and so uh, a lot of us are going to be busy either um, eating a lot of food, watching a lot of football, and uh, doing a lot of sleeping, or a combination of all three. So we want to get it, uh, but we want to get it wrapped up early. But uh, this whole episode is going to be about gratitude, about being thankful for for Dungeons and Dragons, either you know um, in real life or in game. Um, like some examples of um, like, you know, a, a DM that really like took you under their wing and, and showed you like, you know, uh, how to play the game or a certain, uh, you know, uh, book that, uh, that you know, a certain rule book that kind of uh, opened your eyes to or opened your mind to a different way of playing, a, you know, the same character that you've been playing for years or even in game, like, you know, to a certain uh, spell that ended up saving your character's life one time or um or a, a story that uh that you fell in love with but um let's go ahead and uh uh get started with you mafrica what uh, what's something that you're grateful for in D? Mm, to start off uh i'm very grateful for my cousin 
and my sister, they, they, they're sort of going to get lumped into one here because they sort of did the same thing, but at like different parts. Because I, yes, I have played D&D for, oh, let, let's say a fair amount of time. But I didn't really, you know, get get into it, like get my own dice or anything like that until maybe in the very near future, very past future. And that's when uh, my cousin actually showed me his uh, where, where he gets his dice and all that when he was still out in Portland. Um. Yeah, I spent a lot of money that day. <laughs> yeah, I think that's uh, something that every uh, D&D player can relate to is spending way more money than you were really uh, prepared to do so. Yep. So, yeah, and he's holding up a huge bag of dice right now. Yeah. Like, like the way, uh, yeah, just, I mean, that, I was going to say, like, it's in a Ziploc bag, so it kind of looks like like Crack Rocks. But a different sort of like addiction. <laughs> uh, no, like I, I make it almost a point to um, whenever I stop by my local uh, comic and gaming store to go ahead and just and buy a, a set of dice that catches my eye. And uh, and what's really funny is um, the last set that I bought, the guy that with the that with the cashier is ringing me up, looked at it. And I mean, this is one thing that I'm grateful for is, is you know, cool like cool dice like cool dice sets is uh and he said like man this looks like a uh this looks like a dice set for like some sort of uh you know um like ghost spirit sort of like spellcaster and i was like you do that too like i look at dice sets and think like you know what character would roll these and um, but yeah, I always I always try like I said make it a point to get get at least a new set. Yeah, it doesn't have to be like really like fancy. It could be one of you know a basic set, but just one that like really catches my eye. Um, but you say yeah, you say your cousin sort of uh, uh, sort of you know broke you into your D and D addiction. Yeah, yeah. He he also convinced me to buy a twenty dollar hundred sided die, which I can't find in here, which is making me sad. <laughs> Yes, hey. it's an orange, like big old golf ball sized die. That cost twenty bucks. Twenty twenty bucks. It was a hundred sided die. But each of each he and I both got one that day. Nice, nice. That's something that you guys that you guys share. What yeah. about you, Lupus? What's something you're grateful for? Uh, help me connect with friends. I moved around a lot as a, a child. I hit up a, a lot of schools and I moved out of one area back into the same area and then kind of reconnected with the same people but had no common interests with them whatsoever, uh, except for when they invited me to play D&D. And that's when I started playing was the beginning of high school or middle of high school. Uh, and We've been friends ever since, and it was uh, late nights of playing D&D, playing D&D for 30, 40 hours straight with uh, pieces of soda, or not great for liver, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> in high school. Uh, but I don't think I would have had the same friends uh, or those lifelong friends uh, if it weren't for Dungeons & Dragons. 
man, that's, that's, that's a really awesome story. Like, yeah, I, I am, you know, I, I don't have the, the same, you know, connection with my friends, like my friends and I, um, you know, we're all reaching our forties, you know, we have jobs, marriages, kids, mortgages, all that, you know, stuff, all that adult stuff that, you know, makes, you know, that gives you very little free time, but you know, the free time that we do, a lot of the free time that we do have, we spend together playing D and D, you know, we try to make, like, if we're going to hang out, if we're only going to be able to hang out once a week, we usually do it playing D and D. Um, so yeah, like, you know, just being able to connect with, uh, either make new friends or, you know, stay connected with old friends is a fantastic aspect of, of D and D. Uh, in fact, one, um, one campaign that I'm in, uh, an old professor messaged me and, or he emailed me actually. And this is at the very, at the, pretty much at the onset of the pandemic. And he was just wondering like how I had been doing. And so like, I was, I'm good, you know, like right now I'm staying at the time I was staying with my mom. Um, you know, we'd taken my grandmother out of uh, the nursing home because, you know, that was kind of a shit show. <laughs> and, uh, uh, and so we're just corresponding back and forth. And like, we had, you know, in class, we discussed D and D like, um, and I forgot how it got brought up, but I was like, Oh yeah, I love playing. And he would tell me about the campaign he was running for him and his friends. Uh, and he said like, yeah, ever since like everything kind of shut down, uh, you know, a couple of my friends and I have started, uh, we, we've, we've, we're doing a fifth edition, like updated, like converted version of the old, uh, age of worms, uh, campaign. And he's like, yeah. And, uh, you know, we, you know, we play on roll 20, uh, Jay, if you want to, uh, if you want to jump in, I don't see like, I mean, you know, I'm sure that everyone, I mean, I think you're cool. So, I mean, I'm pretty sure everyone else will. And, uh, and so I didn't know, um, you know, I didn't, I hadn't started my working yet. And so I didn't know what my schedule was going to be like. And so I, um, I just kind of held off in case I, I took on a job that, you know, I, I wouldn't be able to play and I didn't want to start and then have to jump out. And so, but I like just watched them, I watched them play, which I couldn't, I didn't know if it was, uh, nerdier to just like to play D and D with my college professor and his buddies, or if it was nerdier to watch my college professor and his buddies play D and D like, and like watch on the sidelines. But, um, eventually I got, I got, a, I started working and it was just the normal, like, you know, nine to five sort of gig. And so I was open to play and I'm still playing with them to this day, you know? And, uh, yeah, like, I mean, like I've, I've made, uh, I've made friends with them, with that, with the, you know, that party and, uh, you know, wouldn't have, would have, would have never known, uh, this group had it not been for D and D. So definitely, yeah, definitely grateful for like the social connections that D and D fosters. Uh, Maverick, you mentioned your sister as well. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yes, I did. So, um, she'd always let me before everything, she, I would always watch behind her back when she's playing with her buddy with her buddies I'd always watch because I always wondered what was going on what was all the yelling and all the screaming <laughs> all the yelling and screaming and laughing yeah yeah and all and all the oh. <laughs> like like a lot of these chants I'm like is, is she in a cult now it, it, I mean it kind of so, like... 
I mean, yeah, the answer is not I mean, no. In a way, in a way, no, but yes. <laughs> but but anyway, she let me. She she had, at that time she had two sets of dice. She helped me with my first character sheet along with my cousin. Uh, and that's how Lord Ezeron Darkfang came about. I think I showed you my character sheet. Yeah, it's like the uh, um, the old Darth Sidious, yeah, Chancellor Palpatine character that I I only actually played with him once, <laughs> once, and that was like no one wants to play with a chaotic evil person. I learned that out that out the hard way. <laughs> but it was so fun doing it. Oh uh, well, anyway, she let me borrow some of her dice, and she helped me with the basic stuff. My cousin came along later, and he taught me the advanced stuff. I mean, I still, I, I still don't really understand half of what's going on, but I, I go, I roll with the punches, go from there, you know. No, and that's uh for me that was the the best way to learn to play is to actually just start playing it and just like sort of learn through experience, like literally build up your XP and and learn how to play. Um I mean like reading um like reading the the core rule books, um, like for me, like whenever like I was in like high school or college, uh, you know, reading the textbooks, you know, gave me a little bit of knowledge, but actually like somehow applying it was how I really learned. So, um, but yeah, like, I mean, having someone to, to show you the ropes and to sort of guide you along your path is, is crucial for me. Like, um, like me and my buddy, me and my uh, co-host in Phantom University, we sort of learned together, like learning how to play. Like, um, we wanted to start a uh, campaign. Uh, and with, so, we started going to local comic book stores and just joining games and everyone there was super nice. So like definitely grateful for like the inclusiveness uh, that can be in the D and D community. Like we showed up and we're like, Hey, we kind of don't know what we're doing. And they're like, sit down, like, don't worry about it. Like if you have any questions, let us know. And like true to Lupus's point, like each of them had like a big bottle of like, you know, some sort of soda, you know, like it was caffeine fueled for sure. Um, But yeah, that's something like, that I don't, uh, I don't think that uh, the D and D community gets uh, enough credit for is like how inclusive it can be and how welcoming it can be. Lupus, you got anything else for us? Uh, not that I can think of. I mean, other than answer your question, I think a, being in a cult might be slightly cheaper than Dungeons and Dragons. Oh no, uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, well, really, like, I mean, if you're in a if you're in a cult, they'll probably like you know. I mean, either way, you're losing all your money. I mean, one way or another, like you're going to end up broke, <laughs> but at least with the D and D, like you'll have a bunch of cool, like rule books, like cool looking. Uh, like, it, it's a fun yeah. broke. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like you have a lot to show for it with the cult. Like you're just like, you, you got a, you know, uh, a shaved head and yeah, your family won't talk robes. to you anymore. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, robes, like chanting, la la la, or whatever. And then it didn't get scary exactly can get uh, scary and given that some of the books to appreciate in value uh it's a uh, can be an investment oh uh, no yeah absolutely like 
I mean, you have to I, talk your friends friends into getting the limited edition covers and right, yeah, yeah. shame them into it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I uh, I never would have guessed that um, that some of these like older like third like third edition and three point five edition books that I have would like would be worth so much, and it's just like you know, and I was not kind to them as far as like, I didn't think they would be worth anything. So like, it's not like I threw them around, but I just, you know, I treated them like I threw them in a backpack, you know, lugged them around all over. Uh, and, you know, then I, I mean, I guess that's also part of why, like, I love having a, like a tablet. I have, like, I love having my Kindle and having PDF versions of the rule books to, to um, reference, you know, just having all that knowledge in the palm of your hand. Uh, is fantastic but i guess like i i got bit by the bug too early in my in my dnd fandom and like i i can't ever give up physical copies i've given up physical media in almost every single respect like i don't buy dvds i buy vinyl just because like i'm a hipster i guess um but uh i don't buy cds i don't buy blu-rays uh you know like all that like i just like i don't like i'll stream it i'll buy I'll buy it digitally if I need to. Um, but the D and D books, I don't think I'll ever get over. Like I like just love having the feel of a, of a brand new book in my hands, cracking the spine and seeing what's inside every single time. I love it. It's like, I don't know. I don't know if, it, if it's, if it's like being in a cult, I guess I'm, I'm in a cult. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. Welcome. Yeah. It's yeah. Welcome. Why not? Um, yeah. Another What's thing. Playing in in college uh like you could sit in the quad or the commons uh and have a table of people and then you'd see out of your periphery like other people watching who wanted to figure out what you were doing because it looked like fun but they weren't either uh extroverted enough to approach or they were just you know kind of curious and they'd be like hey do you want to sit and watch do you want to play do you want to start a character and they're like yeah and then you make new friends no yeah absolutely like I um, absolutely, I remember uh, when I was in school, I walked by a table and I saw, you know, the pencils, I saw the erasers, I saw the bo- open books, I saw like every telltale sign of, you know, a D of a tabletop role playing game going on. And um, so I, you know, later on, I, I, I saw one of the guys and I approached him and I was like, hey, I see you guys have a, a D&D game going on. Uh, I love playing. If you guys need someone else, then like, you know, you can call on me. And so he went back to his buddies. He's like, Hey, have you seen that guy around? Like, does he seem cool? He's like, yeah, he seems all right. And so they're like, well, it wasn't, they're like, well, it's not D and D it's a, it's Pathfinder. If that's cool. And I'm like, yeah, I've, I've messed with Pathfinder too. Absolutely. And, uh, this was right after fourth edition had come out. And, uh, so like everyone was kind of on the Pathfinder train at that point. <laughs> And, uh, and so like, yeah, well, we're going to, we're thinking about doing this if you want to play. And so I was like, yeah. And so like, it was one of those things, like I was extroverted enough to actually approach them, but I mean, yeah, if I, I can imagine if I had just kind of hung around and like, just, you know, like in the, in the, in the, uh, common area, just sort of like look and be like, they would have been like, Hey, like, what's up? Do you want to like chill? Do you want to pull up a seat and like see what's going on? But, uh, but no, like, you know, and I, I'm still friends with them to this day, you know? Like, you know, one who knows, uh, you know, where they're, li- they're living all across the state now. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, like, I still remain in contact with them for sure. Um, I was going to say another thing that I'm really grateful is um, 
like the ability to like I like I'm a storyteller like I love telling stories I love you know as, as far back as I can remember I can I I've loved to 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 write and you know not um you know not everyone can be a Hollywood screenwriter like not everyone who loves to tell stories can be a Hollywood screenwriter can be you know uh can be a published author um so like there needs to be some sort of you know uh avenue some sort of um medium to to facilitate that that desire to storytell and D D is has been such uh you know um a boon for me in that regard you know it allows me to tell stories either that um that i wouldn't have any other uh any other way to tell or stories that I've been wanting to tell for, for years now. And, you know, the ability to like layer story upon story as well has been really cool. Like, you know, uh, I haven't been, uh, have been, I haven't been able to DM in several years now. No, it's been since like 2018, I think. So I mean, it's been, it's been two or three years, but uh, I started a, uh, an evil campaign for my, for my friends and I was like, look, the idea is just to be as evil as possible. And, you know, there's no, you know, m- like moral grays. Like, you know, you guys aren't anti-heroes or like, or like, you know, like good guy or like bad guys e- trying, to, trying to make good. Ethically evil or morally evil or amorally evil. I mean, like, yeah, it's evil. Evil. I mean, well, I was just like, you guys are just evil. Like whether, how you want to be on the scale, uh, is is fine with me but you guys are evil and so uh i was i really uh focused in on the the book of vile deeds or vile darkness i'm sorry uh and like what was going on in that book and like i was able to craft this whole campaign that was like they definitely like were able to stay into in the evil archetype but they but there was also um like choices and options like one was um they either could go through with you know whatever they're they're part of an assassin's guild and so they could go through with whatever you know they were paid to do like kill whoever they wanted to kill or they could um like you said like um like you were talking about different types of evil or instead of just doing that they could you know essentially say like hey like we're paid to kill you like you know double it and we'll kill the guy who sent us to kill you instead and so like just being able to like you know come up with cool ideas like that uh you know i never would have been able to you know to do so without D, without dungeons and dragons so like that was really cool for me at least uh hold on i think i see crit right over there There you are, Crit. I, I've been looking all over for you. Uh, sorry, I I've been uh, busy with my new spell. <laughs> what, what what new spell? Don't worry about it. We'll get into that later. Wow. All right. Well, I've been having a pretty fun conversation with our patrons, Maverick and Lupus. Uh, we've been talking about uh, stuff that we've been uh, that we're grateful about that we have gratitude over uh, around D and D. Uh, and since it's the middle of the show. Um, Let's go ahead. Whoa, 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 whoa. You started the show without me? Yeah, I couldn't find you. 
because you're working on this unknown new spell that you can't tell me about. Okay, you know what? Secret secrets are no fun. Secret secrets hurt someone. (laughs) Just think about that and tell me what you're grateful for. Uh, All right, so we're doing grateful talk, right? Grateful talk, yeah. Okay, well, I'm not going to give the the generic grateful for family and friends. and We're all grateful. Well, no, I mean, this is... (laughs) <laughs> what we're grateful for about D and D? Oh, we're grateful for D and D. Oh, yeah. Oh, 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 my list. <laughs> like normal stuff. Ah, uh, family, friends. Oh, we're talking about D and D. Hold on, let oh, me pull oh, up my hold notes. On. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> no, in all seriousness, I am. I am extremely grateful for. I'd have to say my number one thing is the community that. Uh, yes. TTRPG, just the community of TTRPG in general. I mean. I've gone to many years worth of TTRP convi- TTRPG conventions. And there you go. I haven't. Yeah. <laughs> Words are hard. As um, are letters. Yeah. I, I honestly haven't met a terrible person. Yep. I mean, we know they're out there. We hear the horror stories of the terrible GM or the terrible player. We know they're out there, but. For the most part, honestly, the community is so welcoming. It's so honest. It's so warm. It's so inviting. It's just incredible. You can be yourself or whoever you want to be. Like, there's no, there's no judgment. It's, it's wonderful when you're, yeah. you, when you feel down, and you're, you're in the dumps. Your TTRPG family is there to bring you back up and raise you up high. And it's. It's just a wonderful community, and that's my number one thing to be thankful for with TTRPGs in general. I mean, not just Dungeons and Dragons. I mean, the community is wonderful. That's my number one pick. Yeah, and you always hear about like the terrible GM, or I'm sorry, mm-hmm. terrible DM, or the terrible player, because those are the exceptions that prove the rule. Like they're they're such an anomaly that you can't help but hear about them. Oh yeah, you know, but. You- and you'll often hear like great stories, you know, like we've been sharing a ton of them mm-hmm. uh, in this episode about how welcoming the community is. But because that's sort of the norm, it's just, you know, that narrative isn't presented 100% of the time just because like, mm-hmm. oh, like we've, we've like, that's just understood. Like, you know, you want to learn how to play. And I was just, I was telling a story about how um, we were uh, learning how to play and we, uh, uh, my Phantom University co-host and I, and um, we like went to a gaming store and they're like, sit down. Like, we'll learn you. Don't worry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that's, that's the, that's the warm and inviting tone that I'm talking about. It's, it doesn't matter if you're new, you're old, you know, you're young, you're, it doesn't matter if you're here to enjoy what I love. You're welcome. That's no, yeah. Exactly. That's exactly the community standpoint, and that's what makes it so wonderful. And yeah, we may bash on certain things in books, or we may turn around and go, "Oh, this was the, this format was terribly written." Or it doesn't matter though, because we still love the game. We'll still play it. No, absolutely. And we still love to be with each other. And I mean, I think the a main reason that so that people gravitate toward, you know, Dungeons and Dragons and tabletop role playing games in general is you know uh it, there's something about it that uh that calls to them that they like in that sort of like mechanic and so that that sort of framework 
you know, they can truly be themselves, you know? Oh, yeah. And in, if being themselves means acting out another, uh, you know, a, a, a fantasy character, like, so be it. But they, mm-hmm. can, they can be their authentic selves. And so, you know, when we see someone else who, you know, either has done that or wants to learn to do that, then we, we, we kind of remember back like, why? oh, yeah, like, why did I get into this? Exactly. Like why, why did this appeal to me so much? Like, I want this person, you know, like I, I think back of the people who, who, you know, nurtured my understanding and my love of the game. And you think to yourself, I want to do that for the next generation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And aside from that being my number one reason to be thankful for Dungeons and Dragons and all TTRPGs, I'd have to say my close number two is, Dungeons and Dragons, and it's hard to talk about just Dungeons and Dragons because all TTRPGs are wonderful, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but specifically for me with Dungeons and Dragons, the reason I'm thankful for it is it came about when I was in a very, shall we say, dark time in my life. Um, and it's it and the community gave me an outlet. It was a way to express myself. Um, because when I started playing, I was actually losing myself to, you know, society in general. I was, you know, you don't act this way. Don't be this way. Don't. I was losing who I was because I had to go to a community standard kind of thing. And this game allowed me to keep hold of what makes me special. You know, this game gave me a reason to continue being that way. It it fostered a, a new appreciation for myself. There's a fantastic episode of Community called Advanced Dungeons & Dragons, and it's not available on streaming services anymore. Because they there's a really sort of lazy and problematic uh, dark elf like blackface joke in it, and mm. so they removed it, um, understandably so. But oh, yeah. um, the plot line uh, I think perfectly captures like how important this game can be to somebody like in that situation, somebody who doesn't mm-hmm. feel like they belong, someone who doesn't feel like they have a place, and um, and how uh, like satisfying and how um, like how character building it can be like i mean not just in game character building but you know out of game like oh yeah how it can um it can help people navigate through like some tough times in their lives and come out a stronger person as a result but uh, if you can find your if you can if you haven't seen it and you can uh somehow get your get your hands on i highly recommend that episode of community except for that one joke yeah except for the one like, it's, it's lazy <laughs> it's problematic uh, and you know, it, it, but aside from that, but the episode, it, like I said, it, I feel perfectly captures the essence and you know what makes D and D and and you know and in TTRPGs in general like so incredible mm-hmm. and amazing. Mm-hmm. It's like I said, it's there's many things that I can be thankful for, but those have to be my top two. You know, it's. There's actually a study uh, that was going on. I think it's still in process right now um, where um, mental health professionals are using Dungeons and Dragons to help treat 
and counsel uh, youth. Yeah, I mean, they can um, sort of um, process and and deal with mm-hmm. trauma, mm-hmm. you know, in a relatively safe environment, you know, and, mm-hmm. you know, with uh, a safe environment being, you know, a fantasy world of Eberron or Alteris. Yes. <laughs> well, what, what, what the actual study, what they were doing was, is they were, were having these children create their characters and they were looking at what characters these children would create. Because usually, I mean, let's be honest, your first character is what you're comfortable playing. Yeah, or it's an, it's like an ideal, like I wish I could be this. Yeah, exactly. So they were using that to treat and counsel these children, and it was working wonderfully. And we don't think about that when we sit down and play, you know, I know I don't. When we sit down and we make all these bajillion characters we do for the rest of the podcast we do, uh, I don't sit down and think about, oh, what do I want to be? You know, I don't think about, you know, uh, how do I feel today when I make this character? No, I'm like, I'm thinking this new character might go different direction, you know. But when you first sit down to play, that's what you always pick, what you're either comfortable with or what you wish you could do. Yeah. You either go to the extreme fantasy choice or you go to the comfortability choice. Like, I'm just going to be me in this game. Yeah. Like a heightened version of me. Yeah. Either way it's a great counseling tool and you know they found that their their treatment methods have actually grown by using this tool um yeah i mean when i was in school dungeons and dragons was don't hang out with those nerds they're weird (laughs) now they're satan worshipers yeah yeah now it's there's dungeons and dragons clubs in school yep and you've got all walks of life playing it's not like it was when i was in school where it's the nerds and the, the goth kids and the, you know, the outcasts playing. It's, you know, they, my cousin was in one of the local clubs, clubs here. And he said he had like 90% of the football team was playing Dungeons and Dragons. Nice. And I'm like, that's wonderful. That's great. You know, it's, it had for a very long time, it had the stigma of, you know, Satan worship. And it had the stigma of only nerds play it and, and since it's grown, since it's exploded recently, everyone's giving it a try. And, you know, as bad as COVID is, and it is bad, is awful. Yep. We have to take a step back and look at some of the things that have come out of this. And one of those things is the TTRPG community has grown immensely. Yep. Because when you're locked in your house for hours on end with nothing to do, and you see this little bloop comes up and says, would you like to try a TTRPG? Half these people were like, you know, I've been thinking about it for a while. I just haven't had time. Let's do it. Join an online chat room. You're playing. You're having a great time. And boom, now you're hooked. Yep. You know, it, it, during all of this awful, we had something great for our community happen. It grew. The stigma started to crumble and fall. And, you know, I'm thankful that those stigmas are starting to go away. Because now it's not, oh, those are the Dungeons and Dragons nerds. It's, hey, I've been meaning to talk to you. I got a couple questions like, what is it? How do you play? You know, people are more open to talk about it. And people are more open to admit they do it. Yep. And that's what I want from our, especially our community. I want you to openly go uh, into a giant room crowded with people and scream at the top of your lungs. Oh, by the way, I play Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Just- Let's scream from the rooftops. Yeah. I mean, 
like I said, there's so many things for me to be thankful with with Dungeons and Dragons, but these are definitely my top two. The community, wonderful, engaging, warm, welcoming, and the ability to give people something more. Because on that note, you can develop leadership skills by playing Dungeons and Dragons. Teamwork. Uh, teamwork. It's Just a great all around exercise. All around um, social skills. I mean, here here in the next, hopefully, couple months, I'm actually going to be running a game um, for a local business as a team-building exercise. Nice. Um, they approached me and was like, hey, by the way, we listen to your podcasts. Um, would you mind helping us do a team-building exercise? Absolutely. I would yes. love to get more nerds involved in this. Let's go. Uh, or create new nerds. Yeah, or create new nerds. Um, but, you know, it's that's what people don't realize is that you make friends lifelong friends with this game you build lifelong skills leadership problem solving uh the list goes on you know you it actually has helped people within grieving processes you know it's we don't give dungeons and dragons and all tt rpgs for that fact enough credit for how wonderful they truly are for us as people and that's what i'm thankful for is that we have these outlets we have these abilities to grow and adapt and just have fun and i'm i'm so thankful for this community you know i mean we see it we see it with our patrons you know yep that's why you and i have always been let's give back to them as much as possible we are so in love with the TTRPG family. You know, the Patreon for us is, you know, a way for us to give back to them. And, you know, we've talked, and we won't give up any details. You have to wait for those, but we've talked about other ways in the future with this yeah, show we, that we, we can definitely give have. Back. Yeah, we definitely have a lot of cool stuff planned for 2022. Yes. yes. But, you know, and we'll, we'll get there. You, we keep your ears and ears open and your eyes peeled. Um, but that's what we're about. We're, we want to spread that love. We want to spread that giving that, that amazing feeling that TTRPG gives you and that amazing family that it gives you. We want to continue to spread that. That's our objective. And that's why I am an absolute head over heels love with the show too. You know, I, it's fantastic. I can do I can finally influence the way I want to in a positive light. I want to spread the message that Dungeons and Dragons and all TTRPGs are wonderful. And if you haven't tried one yet, you should go try one. <laughs> the gospel of D&D. Yes. From the Apostle Crit. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, long story short, those are the top two reasons I am thankful for Dungeons and Dragons. And, you know, we can go into the, the funny ones, you know, I'm thankful for Dungeons Dragons giving dr dragons an actual stat block worth the time. You know, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm thankful for all the wonderful monsters they've given me, you know, you know, there's little things, but those are the big two. Those are my top two things to be thankful for with Dungeons and Dragons. You know, what I am thankful for is you telling me what spell you're working on. Come on, give it up. Let me know. Tell me right now. It is. <gasps> He's going to tell me. None your business. Oh. 
you know what? Go back to working on whatever it is you're working on then. You, I love you, but I can't stand you right now. Whoa, whoa, wait, wait, wait. Okay. So if I'm not going to be there, because I'm not, I'm going to, I have to finish the spell. Yeah. That's so fine. you're going to have to tell Lupus and Maverick hi for me because I have to finish this before our next episode. I have to, I have yeah, to. Yeah. So it's so important. It so is, gosh darn important. important. It's truly important. But before I go, we still have to give a magic item because I'm not going to be there for the end. So we got to give it now. Go ahead. Let's do it. Ah, okay. You ready for this? I am. So I have for you today, the kerchief of thankfulness. Oh, in honor of our, of our holiday episode today and our patron episode. So the way this kerchief works, well, first let's talk about its appearance. In appearance, it's a beautiful kerchief, silk kerchief, with a basic design. And the design is of a hand giving just all it has is lines. It's empty. One hand giving another hand something. Okay. So the way it works is if you wrap, there's two ways to have this work. If you wrap an item in the kerchief, what happens is that item will become part of the design. Okay. When handing the kerchief to someone, you have to say the command words. I'm thankful for this. And you hand them the kerchief. At any point within the next 24 hours, that person can pull said item out of the kerchief. And only that person. After the 24 hours is expired the item ceases to exist. So you have 24 we're on, hours. Yeah, we're on a timetable here. We're on a timetable, yes. So you're on a timetable. Now, that's, it's cool, but it's a pretty basic ability of a magic item. The second thing is, if you say the command words without placing an item in the kerchief and hand the kerchief to someone, what will happen is, the first thing they think of being thankful for will be given to them mm, in nice. abundance. So let's say you hand it to them and the first thought is family. Well, at that point, the family will receive, and this is all up to the DM, how they want to be creative. But I would give the family of that individual or that player uh, a protection spell for the next 24 hours. The entire family is encompassed on a protection spell for the next 24 hours because it's protecting what you're already thankful right, for. Right, right. Um, if you hand the kerchief to them and the thing that they're thankful for is dragons, well, guess what? For the next 24 hours, a dragon, the, even the first dragon they come across, will treat them as friendly. Interesting. So it's it's this gives the ability to the DM to be get real creative with it. Yeah, Absolutely. This isn't an item for punishing. I cannot, I cannot stress that enough. This isn't an item for punishing. Um, be careful, DMs, because you give too much and it's going to bite you in the butt. But Ow. <laughs> yes, the kerchief of thankfulness is supposed to express that within your games. So yes, there is your kerchief, your magical item for the day, the kerchief of thankfulness. I like it. Well, we'll have a second item at the end of the show as well that uh, that the patrons and myself have cooked up. Ooh. 
this uh yeah that one's a little bit more um there's definitely some uh some pros and cons to ours rather than <laughs> the very like uh, altruistic kind wonderful uh, item that that you created listen i thought about this long and hard and i thought well i always punish on my items how do always... i give you something nice this time this time no this after, time. after this week well, that's that's it that's that offer is void i can't promise what the spell's going to do all right we'll get back <laughs> yeah get yeah get back to the, whatever spell it is you're working on i'll let lupus and uh maverick know that you said hi and uh i'll see you around the tower but sergio let's get to the end of the show All right, welcome back from the middle of the show. Uh, we're here with our patrons, Maverick and Lupus. Uh, is there anything in game that you guys can think of that you're grateful for? Like any sort, any magic item or any um, any class that uh, instills any sort of like uh, any sense of gratitude? I mean, I, as a DM, I'm grateful for the chaos stuff. Uh, the deck of many things, the one of wonders, uh, the stuff that is pure chaos. Uh, it seems to give some of gives the players some of the most joy and most dismay at the same time. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so it it's fun all around. Uh, and I'm grateful for like, okay, should we take another card? No, we shouldn't take another card. Just throw it away. No, wait. But hold on, we'll take. Okay, just one more card. One more card. We'll see what happens. It's it's luck. Well, it's not technically luck because yeah, you don't know how many cards are in there. But those uh, those chaos items uh, that it's not just a uh, a yes or no on or off you know, fireball kind of thing. They have to make you know sometimes tough moral decisions on you know what's going to happen if they're going to wipe their character out. You know, if their character is going to become something else. If they're going to fight something evil. Yeah, or if they get to live forever. Uh, and I think as a DM, those type of items, uh, I'm glad they came up with those years ago, and I enjoy seeing more of those. Uh, no, yeah, for sure. It adds, a, adds an element of, definitely of surprise to the game, but also um, of like, of, of consequences. Like, you know, like something that happens right now is going to have long-term repercussions on the on not only your character but possibly also the the storyline, the campaign, possibly even the campaign setting. I know Crit's like huge on that. Is um, like in his homebrew campaign of Alteris, he's very much about the players, their characters' decisions affecting the environment. And so, if something, if he's running a, a storyline that happens, uh, you know. 5,000 years ago, you know, whatever happens then is going to have an impact on a storyline that's going, that's happening in, in quote unquote, the present day. So like, yeah, I, I love, I love that fact too. What about you, Maverick? Mm, so I've only been a pallet. Actually, no, that's not true. My main character is a paladin. I'm very grateful for paladins because they can heal things they can smite people which i love to smite people <laughs> in game right 
Yeah, in game, in game, not not <laughs> not right outside my semi. No, 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 no. Even even though there are some people out there that I would absolutely love to smite off the face of the earth. Oh yeah, uh, no, out on the road, but but <laughs> that's a different story for a different day. Not on here. So, not the, so, no, yeah, yeah not the gratitude in. episode. Maybe like the vengeance episode if we ever have one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, Paladin. Um, I never really got into magic items, except for uh, the trident. The the basically made you Aquaman. The trident. I can't remember the name for the life of me. Uh, my main character has it right now and so much fun when he goes underwater he fe- it feels like he's aqua uh, like a darker evil version of aquaman it's pretty funny he acts like it it's really funny i um speaking so. of like of like uh character classes um i was playing a campaign i was playing in a campaign i was playing in a party um i guess this would have been like five or six years ago and uh, I didn't want to play anything, you know, run of the mill, but I also didn't want to put the effort. I didn't also have the time to put the effort into creating a homebrew class. And so I was like looking through older books, trying to find something. And I came across in, um, I think it was um, the, uh, like the mage book, like the, like 3.5 had um, like class specific uh or like sort of like um like they had a book on clerics they had a book on paladins and they had one for like spellcasters and one of the um classes that i found in there was the war mage which i had never played a spellcaster before because i like to be in i don't like i like to be in the thick of it like you know i see you know I, it's my the murder hobo in me coming out uh and so like yeah i'm not uh-huh, one to like stand uh-huh. on like the sidelines and and you know and cast spells from a distance you know, I don't like being a squishy, but this scene, the war mage seemed like the, like the perfect balance of both. Um, you know, you're, you're, the idea is that you specialize in a few amount of spells. So you only know those, you know, you, um, but you can, like a sorcerer, you can cast them, you know, uh, essentially at will, you know, up to, up to the, your, the amount of spell slots you have, like, you don't have to prepare them like, like a wizard would, um, but because like you're also uh, involved in melee combat, uh, you, you because you're trained in melee combat, you can also do that as well. You can also I think they're um, proficient in light armor. And so I made a uh, a war mage named Goggins Whitefeather. Uh, the Goggins, I believe, I asked a buddy who was like um, really uh, big into the military, and I was like, hey, like who's like you know who's someone that's like a like a like a like a badass when it comes like the military i know um oh david goggins so yeah so yeah uh uh i knew uh i knew um what was the guy they made the movie out of from world war ii and he made uh there were multiple um but anyways like i I knew i knew i knew of a certain people but i was like i want someone like that maybe like you know the the layman wouldn't know and he brought up david goggins and he was telling me about him and i was like oh yeah like I looked them up and I'm like, yeah, this is perfect. So, and then white feather, um, because I wanted him to like, to wear like a feather, like on his head. Uh, 
And so uh, Goggins White Feather was was created, was born. And uh, I even um, had my buddy drop like a little like photo of him and put it on my character sheet. And uh, and it was so much fun playing with uh, like like learning how to cast spells, uh, you know, being able to do what I was comfortable with, which was like melee combat but also like learning to how to cast spells and coordinate my attacks. Like actually like, uh, you know, fight as a team, you know, whereas, you know, before it was just kind of like, Oh, like, Oh, like, well, I'm going to just swing my sword or shoot my bow and arrow at this thing. And hopefully uh, they die. And hopefully whoever, whatever creature you're doing it to dies as well. And then we can move forward, you know, as a team together. You know, this time I actually learned how to coordinate attacks, um, you know, in combat, but also make it so like, so we weren't, you know, uh, table talking, you know, we were able to communicate uh-huh. like in game and uh, like in, there was one, there's a, I, I brought it up on the, uh, the, the uh, magic, uh, the, the spell uh, episode, the, I think it's called like jet of steam that shoots like essentially like hot, like burning, boiling water in a straight line. And I was able to take out like three or four creatures in one go um, as uh, my buddy who was like a paladin type character was like holding them back. Like he was like, like pretty much like standing at the end of the hallway and not allowing these creatures to come out. And I told him, I was like, all right, when I say go, you duck. And so he readied his action to duck. And so I did it and then I shot the steam, killed the creatures. And the DM was like, damn, that was like way easier than I thought it was going to be like, you guys are actually working as a team now. And I'm like, ah, now you're screwed up. Now we're going to get you. Um, but yeah, like, like I said, like, yeah, I, I was able to finally, you know, figure out like, okay, it's spell casting. I get how that works now. Like I, I can, I kind of got a feel for it. Whereas before I was kind of like, I don't want to be a squishy. I guess I want to be able to kill things. And, uh, but yeah, so Goggins white feather. Um, is there anything else you want to bring up either, either lupus or Maverick? I would say I'm, I'm grateful for uh, TSA or Hasbro wizards of the coast, leaving the OGL alone. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, open, gaming, open gaming license, uh, basically allowing uh, independent creators to use their material as canon and make their own books and you know, to profit off of that and to build out uh, the world even farther than you know what the the core stuff is because if the if they close that OGL then it would close a lot of doors and a lot of avenues for a lot of people and I think it would take a little bit of fun out of the game. No, yeah, I mean because. You know, there's only so much that, you know, wizards can, so much content that they can produce, you know, per year. Um, and so you've got literally anyone who wants to out there, like in on the DMs Guild or in other locations, like being able to produce uh, D&D content through the OGL. Um, when they started doing that, I thought that it was a brilliant idea because, um you know as long as they're producing quality content 
they being Wizards of the Coast, you know, they shouldn't have to, you know, worry that, you know, someone's going to, you know, take that and, and overtake them more or less. Um, But, you know, but they can actually find, you know, talent out there, you know, they can find people who have a keen sense for storytelling and a keen sense for the mechanics of the game and invite them in to the fold. And, you know, they both profit. Oh, everyone profits off of it. You know, Wizards gets a talented, you know, uh, member of the team. That person gets to do what they want, you know, uh, on a grander scale. And the players on, on a whole, like, profit as well because they get amazing content. Yeah, I never I never considered, like, the OGL. Like, I mean, I knew it was a huge deal, but just to be grateful that that it exists is a, it's huge, yeah. Mm-hmm. Maverick, anything else? So I'm also grateful for this is sort of Dean this is DD related, but it's not going along with the main game. Uh, uh I'm grateful for for the person who transformed the newest edition for uh, to Star Wars. So I'm a big Star Wars fan. Oh yeah, yeah. From the D20 yeah, to the 5th edition? Yeah. Yeah, I'm very grateful for that because I absolutely love Star Wars. Oh, I mean, that, I... That's like, that's a close second behind, in behind, well, number one's Fallout, obviously, then two is Star Wars, and then three is D&D. I mean, you are talking to a guy who has a Rebel Alliance tattoo on his arm so mm-hmm. you're not gonna get I, any... I have a i have a lego stormtrooper up front oh nice i was gonna say you're not yeah. gonna you're not gonna get any grief from me for loving star wars yeah yeah i, did, I was playing battlefront 2 this morning yeah i uh i haven't played the the, con- the converted fifth edition but i remember when it came out thinking like i mean like that's like part of like how amazing this community is, is you have some, you have people who, because they essentially, they like want to play it themselves. So they just like, go ahead and do it. You know? And I think that's, uh, that's a lot of why, you know, content, uh, a lot of why content gets created by the D and D community is like, they're like, I want this, like it doesn't exist. So I'm just going to make it myself. And so like, exactly. To your point, like, you know, uh, Star Wars D20 had been out since, you know, the early 2000s. And someone's like, I want to play like an updated, you know, fifth edition rules version of it. It's, it doesn't exist yet. I don't know if it'll ever exist. Uh, let's go ahead and just do it ourselves. Like, cool. Just to do it. Yeah. Absolutely cool. Um, well, before we uh, wrap up, I want to do uh, a, a magic item. Actually, we were um, spitballing before uh like before we started recording uh just thinking like you know like thanksgiving stuff and lupus jokingly said like oh a magic turkey leg and we laughed about that and then he's like or like a like a wishbone and i was like huh a wishbone and uh so yeah uh lupus explain it (laughs) uh okay so we go to the second version the two people or one person yeah the uh the the um Okay. The, so the, yeah, 2.0, the, the, the tweaked uh, play-tested version. Yeah. <laughs> in, in the 
like I've got dice. Uh, in the spirit of a friendship, uh, you have a magic wishbone. Each person uh, grabs a hold of the wishbone and makes a wish, uh, whether that is said out loud or in their heart. I'm not sure yeah, how that would be written in. Uh, then both proceed to pull apart the bone, and whoever has the larger side gets their wish granted, and whoever comes out with the smaller side uh, has the antithesis, the opposite of their uh, wish granted. Uh, whether that be, you know, you know uh, whatever the wish was, you know, if you're going to go, the DM can assume, you know, uh, verbatim or just kind of extrapolate you know, what he thought the, or she thought the wish was going to be. Uh, and then you, know, you play out the outcome from there. Yeah, so uh, so two people get the magic wishbone. One wishes um, to that um, that they're reunited with their long lost love, and the other wishes to be rich and famous. You know, they they pull the wishbone apart. The bigger side goes to the long lost love person. Bam, you know, here comes they're like the 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 woman or the the guy that they thought they'd never see again. Uh, the person who gets a smaller side is not rich and famous. Instead, he is like dead broke and and infamous. Not only like uh, he's like squalid poor, and also like uh, has notoriety. Is uh, anytime he walks into town, people are want to run him run him out on a rail. So there's a yeah, like you said, like you would have to hedge your bets because you you didn't want you wouldn't want to wish for anything that the op like the opposite would be too bad just in case you end up getting the smaller side of the, the wishbone. Yeah, and it depends on how the DM interprets the wishes from each person. But yeah, you definitely have to get another player to go in on it with you, knowing that one person is going to uh, come out with a uh, more yeah, negative outcome. Yeah, or you could trick another player into doing it. Or that. <laughs> speaking of chaotic evil yeah that's that's always possible i mean there's always orphans in town that yeah, could be talked into anything for small amounts of gold yeah for sure any like uh always any beggars like that uh looking to like earn a coin or so so the so is there's a is the name of the item the magic wishbone yeah that sounds good yeah something simple we should uh yeah. We should get that. Uh, I've been thinking of all these different magic spells and magic items that you know Tom started uh, and you know Crit has continued on. I want to actually get them in the D and D format and put them into a book, like actually you know, uh, or like at least a PDF, you know, and, and do all that. So I think that would be a, a fantastic addition. And we'll see uh, if I can find Crit again. We'll see about um, adding a adding his two cents on his weekly magic item. <clears throat> uh, but before we wrap up, uh, once again, I want to say thank you to Lupus and Maverick for uh, joining me this week. Uh, it's, been, it's been a while since we had a, a proper patron show, and it's, it's always nice to talk to, uh, to these folks. Um, Lupus, is there anything you want to uh, mention before we, before we sign off? Yeah, just uh, hope everybody has a good Thanksgiving and enjoy time with uh, friends and family or 
uh, wherever you have. Or by, by yourself. I remember one of the best or, Thanksgivings I ever had was like hanging out, eating sushi and watching, uh, watching, uh, Lord of the Rings in my apartment by myself. Like that's, I'm in a hotel. That's all. I'll be in a hotel for Vegas. So I'll be watching football or something on TV and ordering room service. Well, root for the Cowboys. That's all I got to say. <laughs> we'll do. Maverick, <laughs> Maverick, how about I you? I can't, and I can't say much for my, for my NFL team. Be honest, I don't root for them at all. But any, anyway, uh, I am. I have actually started a. We're starting a new podcast on the Robot Radio Network. Woot woot! Let's hear about it. Uh, uh it's going to be called the Fallout. The Fallout. Goodness, I can't remember my own name. <laughs> uh, it's the fall. It's going to be called the Fallout Roundtable. Today, open. Oh, it's basically an open mic. It's, we're basically a bunch of chill people just trying to get a more open discussion about the world of fallout and everything basically everything and anything within fallout we'll probably discuss it at some point so uh it's going to be on script nothing scripted it's just basically an hour an hour of us just chatting away a big conversation uh We've actually decided when we're gonna we're gonna put out our first episode. Yeah, I was gonna ask when's it, it getting when's it get started. It's actually gonna be on my birthday. Oh, when's that? When's your birthday? December nineteenth, twelve nineteen. So just under a month away, we got our first episode of the Fallout Roundtable. Yeah, yeah. It's just gonna be it's just gonna be us two for this uh, who, one. Who's your co-host? Uh, Nighttime Smith. He's okay. another patron of the Fallout Lorecast. As everyone, most a lot of people know, I'm tier six subscriber, pa- patron of the Fallout Lorecast. We, we actually thought about this show a long time ago, many moons ago, on Tom, on Tom, after Tom left his patron episode, after we were done filming that, many moons ago. And then we all got discussing. You know, like all of us bros do. As as bros uh, do. Yeah, as bros do. Uh, we, we never thought anything of it until I actually brought it up last week, a couple weeks ago. And and he, he, he was all in with it, with me. And we signed up for the Rocket Club. And here nice. we are. Excellent. So, yeah, I mean... Uh, please keep your eyes and ears peeled for the fallout roundtable coming debuting December 19th. Uh, if you want more information on that, you can join the robots radio discord uh, links to that will be in the show notes. Um, I mean, I'm grateful for the community that Tom has fostered there. Um, you know, I started just by listening to the elder scrolls and the cyberpunk lore casts just cause I was like, super excited about cyberpunk 2077 coming out and be like oh cool there's a lore cast about it like i love lore oh dip this guy also does uh elder scrolls lore cast i love elder scrolls and i love their lore and just sort of uh you know rabbit hole from there started listening to the dungeon and dragons lore cast became a patron of that to eventually you know uh you know tom and stewart asking me to uh to take over for them for it and, and here I am now. Um, so yeah, like the community that 
that Tom has helped foster and grow with Robots Radio, uh, I'm extremely grateful for. Uh, met so many cool people, have so many cool discussions. Uh, the Discord itself is, I mean, there's tons of oh, different channels. I mean, yeah, and there's, it's, 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 it's so, you know, there's so many people uh, interacting and talking. Um, anytime I pull, I open up Discord, either on my PC or on my phone, there's always going to be like unread uh, messages in the Discord because people are so involved and, you know, willing to, willing to talk. And, you know, as, uh, as you said, like, it's just, you know, people like-minded individuals, like being chill and talking. And so I think the fallout roundtable is going to, is going to fall into, um, is going to fall into that sort of um, mentality really well. So keep your eyes peeled for it. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Maverick. Thank you, Lupus. We'll see you guys next week or next next week. We'll see you next month. (laughs) Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks for listening to the Dungeons & Dragons Lorecast. If you've enjoyed the show, please consider sharing it with a friend, following us on Twitter at DNDLorecast, or jumping on the Robots Radio Discord to chat more with us about Dungeons & Dragons. We'll talk to you next time. You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net.